0: Up, welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show, everybody. Happy to have you as my esteemed colleagues and guests over here. Uh, congratulations, obviously, goes to Shane Lowry. Very excited to, uh, you know, be able to support him. It was an interesting uh, finish there because I'm the first person to say that I don't really care who wins, but I want it to be close. That's the biggest thing for me, and before this open traveling through northern ireland and and playing a lot of golf and seeing portrush in the uh, uh, I was in the, in the fescue if you will you know my my thought really was that i just want someone uh, a hometown a hometown gent to take home the claret jug um, and so it was a funny sunday right to watch basically this this uh, large ginger just basically show up, walk around for four hours and go home with it without much competition there. The interesting thing was that, you know, the course, and I think, you know, even for those out there that haven't played it, which I'm guessing is the majority, you um, still have this sense of impending doom. And it kind of goes to Padraig's uh, tweet. I don't know if you saw Padraig Harrington's tweet, but he said it's basically easier to play it than it is to watch it on TV because you have this sense of impending doom around the, uh, the corner of every You know, shot because I think on TV you're you're sort of just. I think the announcers obviously do a good job of creating suspense. Kind of like when you watch the news, it's like every sort of rainstorm is a tsunami. Um, Obviously, not making light of tsunamis. Let's not get over the. Let's not get overboard here. Uh, Overboard. That was not a pun. That was just. (laughs) That was just. That was just stream of consciousness. Anyway, you know, another interesting takeaway for me was that uh, if, if you're sort of pining away thinking, oh, I wish I had gone to Portrush or I would love to visit all these major sites. And I mean, certainly as a patron going to Augusta National and just seeing the sheer size of the golf course and hearing the way that the um, cheers from all of the, you know, uh, good shots echo throughout the course, on some level not going to the course – maintains an element of mystery and fantasy. And I remember now looking back on Darren Clark's win at Royal St. George's, uh, you know, Rory at Lytham, um, you know, and, and even St. Andrew's before I had ever visited, you know, these courses on television, you, you, you fill in the blanks and it's almost like reading a book, you know, when you read a book and, uh, you know, you, you, you're you encouraged to use your visual imagination as opposed to a film where they basically fill in all the blanks for you. So kind of, you know, I, I, this is, I hope this doesn't sound bad, but, like, I almost was wishing I had never been to Port Rush. I, it would almost be interesting to go after the round. Now, of course, this is, you know, probably not shared by many, but it was, it was an interesting observation I had about the experience. Um, you know, obviously, everyone's talked about Port Rush now uh, until they're out of breath for the past week. Um, you know, we had the chance to play there with a group of colleagues Rick Shields, Brody Smith, Connor Moore, um, uh, Alexandra O'Loughlin was there uh, from Golf Channel. Obviously, you may be familiar with her work, uh, and yeah, a bunch of others Iona Steven and Dan Walker from Sky Sports. Um, and, yeah, a, bu- a bunch of other greats, and we, we got to play the course in pretty pretty sick weather. Like, it was Sunday weather. Like, we had the wind, we had the rain, we had the cold, um, you know, and that experience we put out on YouTube, so you've probably seen that already. Uh, it's a, I'm pretty proud of that 15-minute video. We, we brought out the good cameras for that one, and, uh, you know, got a little personality in there. You know, we, we don't do the, the course flyover we don't get into yardages, but, uh, you know, we got the feel for the course and the feel for the people that were playing it. So that was fun. Uh, that kicked off basically a four and a half week trip that, um, you know, that was spread through Ireland, Scotland, Norway, France, back to Scotland and then back to Ireland. So I'll kind of spend, you know, most of this podcast digging through that, um, that trip and some of the takeaways and some of the experiences now that we've spent our five minutes going over the open, but uh, at the end of this podcast, if I can come up with it, I, I'm going to do a giveaway. I've got this um, all this all this merch that I bought at Royal County Down because I'm a big fan of uh, Billy Dratty, who makes some great shirts. B Dratty um, out of Long out of New York, not Long Island. In, uh, and anyway, he's a, he's a wonderful friend, and so I, they had his shirts there in the pro shop. So I bought I bought two. And I wasn't really thinking of doing a giveaway. I just bought two because I liked them. But I thought, you know, I love kind of uh, getting people involved. So, um, you know, I'll give away one of the shirts uh, after this at the end. And I think I'll I'll do like a little question. And then I think you go back to the Instagram because I don't really know how to do all this. But I think if you go over to my Instagram and post the answer to this obscure question that I haven't really come up with yet, then you could be the owner. Hopefully you're a medium or you know someone that's a medium. And if you don't want the medium, I can give you a hat. You know, you can trade it up because I got a real Kenny Down hat. But um, I'm going to have a swig of coffee. Just hang on one sec. All right. So first up is uh, Northern Ireland versus Ireland. Now, I may be a total noob here, but having dropped out of high school and really not fulfilling much college education, my my political world map is a bit uh, gray. It's, it's a bit unfilled in. So... Having visited Ireland two years ago with my parents and my brother, I really uh, only we we played Waterville, um, we played Trolley, Lahinch, Ballybunion, Dukes, Hogshead, Cork, uh, no Old Head, and um, you know we went up and played County Sligo. We played um, I can't remember the last one. It was kind of a sleeper hit that everybody loves. Little Little Dunes course back in the inland area of. up there, up there in the North. And we drove, we landed in Dublin and drove out and drove in and drove out. So I didn't go to Northern Ireland. And at the time I was kind of learning about the difference, right there. I didn't realize they're two different countries. Um, you know, and I learned all that. And the, the, the interesting thing about traveling is, is that you, you learn in a way that's sort of, it's not, um, you can't, uh, you can't really read an essay on it. You can't really, um, you know, you, uh, you you can't just sort of get briefed. the The information that you obtain from traveling, and, and I'm sure that you know this already. If, if I'm assuming that you like to travel, if you are watching what we're doing over here, but um, you know, anyway, being in Ireland, hearing about Northern Ireland, all I know, all I knew then was that there was a wall. There was a lot of problems that a small percentage of the population was creating for a larger percentage of the population, and it had to do with religion. So, but, but in the end, I'm still walking away from Ireland thinking, geez, Northern Ireland's a dangerous place, even in the year 2017, which is when I was there. Don't go to Northern Ireland. Don't want to drive to Northern Ireland. And, and no one had said that, but that's sort of the takeaway that, you know, I mean, Americans, we, um, I think have a propensity for catastrophizing uh, reality, you know, and uh, and especially in a political climate, you know, we we kind of deal with borders a lot, and um, you know, uh, it's just sort of the, the news is always trying to fear based suck you in. Um, so you know, I'm in Ireland that I'm thinking it's the same thing, I'm you know, but anyway. So we, we traveled through Ireland, and then well, the exciting thing about this trip is that I only went to Northern Ireland. We flew into Belfast. We went up to Port Rush. We stayed there. We stayed in a little town um, called uh, Port Ballantry, which was um, you know 15 minutes down the road. Stayed in a beautiful little hotel and um, immediately saw that Northern Ireland was – very similar to Ireland, right? I mean, it's, it's not that different, really, you know. Um, politically, uh, governmentally, it's the UK. So Ireland is its own country. And uh, Northern Ireland is part of the UK, so Scotland and England. Um, you know, there was a whole uh, uproar, I think. I actually don't know. I wasn't there. But, you know, Rory McIlroy is from Northern Ireland, along with Graham McDowell. Uh, Shane Lowry is from the Republic of Ireland. You know, I apologize that this is very boring. You can fast forward. But, um, but you know, Rory decided to play um, in the Olympics not for Northern Ireland but for Ireland as a whole. And, you know, then there's this Irish uh, Golf uh, Association, the IGA. And then Rory later decided to play for uh, the – I think in the Olympics next, he's going to represent Northern Ireland. In any event, you see that there's this divide. And I guess what I'm getting at is – from a, from a from a 3D standpoint in visiting there, I saw no divide. Uh, I saw the same wonderful group of friendly and welcoming people that I saw in Ireland uh, that I did in Northern Ireland. Uh, the courses, you know, I mean, someone asked me if I can compare the differences. I mean, man, I, each course is like completely unique. I mean, I could go to, uh, you know, uh, Lost Farm in Tasmania, and, and if you had me blindfolded and didn't give me an accent, I would probably think we're in Ireland, right? Or, or Scotland. I mean, the Irish golf is different from the Scottish golf in the sense that there are, you know, it's more, it's bigger dunes, typically. Um, you know, but uh, but anyway, it was cool to hear Shane Lowry, uh, as he was being interviewed after winning the Open, saying that this is good for Ireland as a whole. Um, and, and you heard the Golf Channel commentators not calling it Northern Ireland as much as calling it the island of Ireland, the Emerald Isle, and you know, in, in hopes to unify and simplify the golfing community there, and, and hopefully the community as a whole. I mean, I'm sure I've said it a billion times, but the idea that you carry a card as a golfer invites you to be a member of one sort of nation under one sort of rule book. And I think that's the most beautiful thing about golf is that no matter what your differences are obviously golf is you know pretty separated on many lines right financially politically so many different lines you you could find a way to separate yourself from it and i did for 30 years and that was sort of what kept me from playing golf probably dropping those dropping those uh, beliefs is what allowed me to play golf and ultimately fall in love with it and i think that's probably why one of my biggest sort of themes is the inclusivity of the game and how it doesn't really matter uh, what you believe in outside of the the, the following of the small white ball. Um, so, so, yeah, talking about Northern Ireland, you know, basically played uh, Royal Portrush, played uh, Royal County Down, and played Royal Belfast, played the only three royal courses in Northern Ireland. And um, there's only one more royal course in the Emerald Isle, notice I didn't say the Republic of Ireland, is Royal Dublin. So uh, I haven't played Royal Dublin yet. I can't wait. I'm excited to go back to Ireland. Real quick, if you haven't been to Ireland and Scotland, the the way I would separate Ireland and Scotland really is that Scotland is, I think, about five times bigger in population. It's probably two or three times bigger in land mass. You know, Scotland is, uh, you know, it's it's a bit more... eh, I don't want to say it's better for tourists, but it is there are more tourists in Scotland. It's a little bit more understood to be the home of golf in some ways. But what you're going to get in Ireland that you're kind of not going to get in Scotland is this village environment. There are there are much smaller towns and and you will see fewer tourists. Um and uh and the the golf is, you know, it it's it's hard to compare, right? I mean, you're really looking at apples and oranges. Uh, the truth is you kind of need to do both. Irish links is definitely a bit bolder, I would say, especially as you get into the back nine of Ballybunion or the back nine of Trolley. um, you know, you're really faced with some. I mean, Waterville could be the best course in the world, I'm sure. Um, but uh but anyway, we're talking about Northern Ireland, Eric. Get back on track. Drink that coffee. Mmm. Happy Monday, everybody. What a great... Ah, the last major of the year is over. Wow, it's kind of tragic. How do we have to wait until April? Why do they compress them so much? We're going to try to do a break 90 at the tour championship, but he's like, that would be rad. I feel like that's my day. You know, the rough... got that kakuya. You know, I know the course. I played it a couple times. I think I shot... uh, I think I shot 80 there, my first time I played there. It was also the first pro golf tournament I ever went to. first person I ever saw swinging club was Adam Scott. And I was like, wow, Tiger Woods, 2002, nice swing. Um, So anyway, Northern Ireland played uh, Royal Belfast kind of is up there for me. You know, I'm not a course raider. I don't know how to rate courses. Um, I look at experience mostly as the primary gauge of my, you know, memories, right? And uh, Royal Belfast was definitely the highlight of the trip. Uh, Greeted by such wonderfully kind people. Um, they, you know, we had lunch with the uh, captain and spent some time with the secretary and all the old boys up there in the jacket and tie room. And, uh, it was just so low key, you know, and then went out and played golf. It was beautiful weather. Obviously that helped played well. There was a little match going on in the afternoon. Um, you know, and just a really wonderful course that kind of winds its way through the through the... Uh, it, it's not a lynx course, right? It winds its way through the through the hills in the trees. And then it kind of opens up onto the bay, which is the... Um, the uh, I think it's the Bay of Belfast or this Belfast Sea or something. I don't really... North Irish Sea or something. I don't really know. But it's a bay. And, um, you know, if you squinted, you might think you're in San Francisco. But, uh, you know, we try not to squint too much out there. And... Um, but it was just a great experience. It was a really beautiful course and... and and um, the layout was intriguing. Royal County Down, I mean, that was a course that I looked forward to almost almost as long as I had looked forward to Royal Dornick. So in some sense, I was a bit set up for failure. I don't know if you remember my experience at Royal Dornick, but, you know, I'm the guy that looks for the road less traveled. And so when I show up to a course that I've dreamed about and a chopper full of uh, douchey Americans lands and they raid the fucking pro shop, I'm like... <sighs> Why am I here? I don't need to go on the ride. I'm not here to go to Disneyland. I'm here to find a real experience. I want something else. I'm the guy that makes adventures in golf. I can't just show up to fucking, you know, um, as I'm saying it, it's not true. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm the biggest hypocrite out there. The, the point of adventures in golf is that everywhere you go, if you look at it properly is you can have that experience wherever it is, um, Obviously I would I would point to Askernish to, to talk about the the true experience of adventures in golf. But anyway, Royal Dornick got me down because I just didn't I didn't want to show up to a course that was overrun by Americans. But we Americans get around, my guys. We we, we roll all over this planet with clubs in tow. And that makes me proud, to be honest with you. I, I am obviously a proud American. I hope that comes through. Uh, if you if you're a if you're a man or a woman in the military, I will take my hat off to you any day, even if we're not on the 18th. Um, but you know, as a as a tourist and as a traveler and as a writer and as a journalist, as an experienced guy, you know, I'm not going to get in line, right? I don't I don't like getting in line. If I'm going out to the club, I'm not going I'm not going to get in line. Um, and that's not an ego thing. It's just like it's just like I, I don't really want to go where everyone else is going because that's that's kind of already happened. Obviously, the old course you could point out, huge exception, right? That's Mecca. So let's drop that argument, okay? That's 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 a line you're proud to get in. Um, anyway, Royal County down. Let's break it down. Let's break it Royal County down. The place is nuts. Like the first tee is the purest grass I've ever seen. There's beautiful little hedges. The place just has charm and quirk, unlike much I've ever seen. There's this kind of wrought iron fence with a, with a, with a rounded sign that says Royal County Down. Um, and it looks like a cemetery. And it's just very beautiful. Um, the first nine holes, obviously, anyone's going to tell you, are some of the best holes out there. Luckily, we were there with good weather and, uh, you know, there's all these sort of the, – the dunes are kind of painted with these like pink and uh, purple, yellow, white flowers. Uh, the dunes are massive pretty much th- throughout the front nine. You really never see another hole as you're on one. Um, I opened with a birdie, which was terrifying. Uh, you know how bad that is for me. I ended with a par. And that was great. Um, but, you know, the holes are very intricate and very interesting. And as old Tom would have it, a lot of blind shots probably feels a bit like Le Hinch, but, uh, you know, a bit—it's it, it's Le Hinch with a bit more flair, it feels like. Uh, La Hinch is very subdued, and it's just like golf. Royal County Down is—it's a royal course, but that doesn't mean that it's fancy necessarily. Royal Portrush, I wouldn't call fancy— um, Royal Belfast is a bit fancier The clubhouse there is stunning It looks like a mansion in Montecito Maybe Oprah rents it out When she visits Belfast If she's ever been Couldn't say Maybe that's the trivia question Has Oprah ever been to Royal Belfast? Honestly, no way to know So we're going to leave that one behind um, Royal County Down was just incredible Also, it, we were on the Seventh uh, fairway or Sixth or seventh fairway At Royal County Down And uh, I run into my uh, no no I can't remember where we and I run into my boss from Scratch TV Sam Rayburn I uh, it was unplanned he just happened to be out there playing golf and and we said hello and you know caught up on <laughs> my to do list basically um, Sam is coming up on his anniversary well he's no he's been there eight months now with Scratch TV so. You know, uh, I hope he does well there. I've uh, worked with a lot of different people over at Scratch TV, and we've seen success in a lot of different experiments that we've done together as far as golf content goes. Um, we're working towards doing another hole-in-one challenge at a very special place, so that's going to be exciting when we can, when we can produce that. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, Royal County Down has a great hotel that sits right next to it called the Sleeve Denard. Which is named after the mountain that sits sort of watching above the golf course on this wonderful point, and and you know Royal Cutting Down really sits in this little category for me of golf courses that uh, don't exploit. They uh, they don't exploit anything, right? Like 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 it just is, and it's low key in its maintainedness, right? So when I talk about exploitation, what I mean is, um, you know, when you when you when you land at Royal Cutting Down, or when you when you when you pull up you see a couple things immediately, right? One is you see this massive mountain that's like kind of uh, 30 miles away. What, the next is you see the ocean that kind of surrounds you, uh, the Irish Sea. Then you see uh, villages sprawling out for miles. Um, and then you have these wonderful dunes. Those are the four characters, right, that make up the landscape of uh, you know the surroundings of Royal County Down. But at no point does the golf course seek to exploit that that viewpoint. It really just, the golf course exists in a sort of a low key way. Obviously when they built the course, they weren't moving any earth. There was no steam, uh, shovel. There were no bulldozers. It was done by hand guaranteed. And, um, you know, so for that reason, the course just exists. And that's why there's a polarity between the ninth, the first nine and the second nine is because you, only had that dunes land for the first nine. The second nine kind of opens up, and there's almost like a marsh or a bog. Crazy enough, I found out that Mirfield, Mir means a field of bog, so Mirfield literally means like bog field field or something. We played Mirfield this trip. It was great. I might need to dig into Scotland on another episode here because we got, uh, you know, we're already, we're already wearing down on the Minutos. Uh, uh, what else? Yeah, so County Down... Was incredible. It was. It was just. It was peaceful. It was serene, and uh, you know, it was just great. And and Royal Belfast, Port Stewart, Port Stewart, man, that another course where the front nine, you're just uh, your jaw is. You have to have, bring a belt to put around your chin so that your jaw doesn't stay open. It was unbelievable. Elevation changes, green complexes, rolling, undulating fairways that were just fun to land on. A lot of four irons off the tee. Um, you know, beautiful landscapes that you get to peek at. You're looking out over the the uh, the water there with the town of Port Stewart right in front of you. Um, just a really, really wonderful layout there at Port Stewart. Um, the the layout was a little, I found it to be a little bit easier than Port Rush. I mean, that, that, uh, that, any, any area off the fairway at Port Rush is. Basically, water if you're an amateur because you don't have help finding the ball. And I think I lost about 10 balls over there. And that was um, that was something to learn about and let go of as you sort of keep losing balls. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just fascinating. All right, we're going to take a quick little break here. Uh, pardon the ads. They do keep this podcast going. So thank you for supporting everybody who uh, comes in to advertise on the podcast. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, Dollar Shave Club. When I talk about Dollar Shave Club, I can't stress enough about the quality of their products. Quality was underlined, italicized, and bolded, okay? Quality. I don't even know how you pronounce that. The quality of their products. That's probably not it. Qual- quality. Qual- I'm talking quality, okay? Okay. They spent years developing, crafting, and refining everything that was just italicized, not bold or underlined, so that's a little different, okay? They have everything I use to look, feel, and smell my best. I love smelling good. I put the cologne on... When? Before I go to bed, when I wake up, and when I leave the house. Because you know what a tour player does? They smell fantastic every time they whiff by you, okay? If you've ever been to a tour event, sniff those tour players. They don't mess around with anything other than the best, okay? Anyway, I don't know if they use Dollar Shave Club, but the point is, you name it, Dollar Shave Club's got it, and I use it. I've been using Dollar Shave. I've been a member of Dollar Shave Club for years. Uh, Please talk about your experiences using their products and how the quality is the best you've ever used. Well, no, I can't do that. But anyway, and as, as amazing as their shave stuff is, Dollar Shave Club is way more than just razors, okay? Dollar Shave Club has you covered from head to toe. Sounds kind of dangerous because we're talking about razors, but don't worry. It's safe as long as you're not an idiot. They have everything you need to shower, shave, style your hair, brush your teeth, and yes, wipe your butt. They use the word butt. I honestly want to use the word ass. I'm going to be totally upfront with you. I want to take it to the next level. They may never use me again for a read, but the point is, I'm being me. Okay, you can always count on that. I'm, I'm, I'm never gonna, t- I'm never gonna do exactly what it says. Okay, so you can count on me. If you hate these reads, that's fine. But if you kind of enjoy them, then that's what you're gonna get. That's the benefit. You're gonna, that's the risk I'm willing to take. Okay, Dallas Shave Club can keep you automatically stocked up on the products you use. You get what you want whenever you need it. Now, that is a bold claim because what I want is more. I want a lot, okay? And I need it a lot. Whether that's once a month or a few times a year, I never have time to waste at a store. That's actually very true. I never go to the store. I I always order everything online. So Dollar Shave Club, dial me up. Give me the things I need when I need it. Whoa, wait. You just told me you were going to do that. It's amazing. As a Dollar Shave Club member, I know what I'm getting is the highest quality. And right now, you can put the quality of Dollar Shave Club's products to the test. They're the best. It's the ultimate starter set. Basically, everything you need for an amazing shower, a close shave, or clean teeth. By, By the way, guys. You need all of those things, just to be totally clear. You can't show up on a date and not have had an amazing shower, a close shave, and clean teeth. You need those things, okay? So let Dollar Shave Club set you up on your next first date, or maybe it's your last date, because honestly, they're both just as important. You want that last date to almost be better than the first, because you want to go out swinging. That's the 18th. That's the 72nd hole. Go out strong with Dollar Shave Club on the final date. The best part is you can each... You can try... The best part is you can try each one for just $5. I finally read it right. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular prices. Get to your ultimate starter set for just $5 at the DollarShaveClub.com slash Lang. Oh, we're using my last name now. DollarShaveClub slash Lang, L A N G. That's DollarShaveClub.com slash Lang. Everybody, go do it. I'm serious. Go, go do that. And you know what? Look clean. Feel good? Feel happy? That was a long read. All right, everybody. Twine. Are you saving for a summer vacation, a down payment, or building up an emergency fund? Emergency fund. I've never done that. I should probably do that. Start saving for the things that matter with Twine. We all have big things in the future we're saving towards, but it can be hard not to spend the money in your bank. Tell me about it, Kanye. Tell me about it. I spend that ish before I got it uh twine helps you put the money aside and actually save up for the things you care about like golf balls folks with the twine app saving money towards your financial goals just got easier save with cash savings account or invest in a portfolio wow a portfolio i don't even know what a portfolio is customized for you based on your needs and with the automatic deposits from your bank to twine you can set it forget it and save up without even trying literally you don't have to try wait how can I... Snowball, I need you... Snowball, help me out here. I don't even know what's going on. Uh, no more temptation to spend that extra moolah. And did we mention that you get to share a goal with a partner and save together? That's right, folks. Let's partner up. Uh, that's teamwork. With Twine, you can save and invest for the things that matter to you. All it takes is $5 and two minutes. The only things I know that cost $5 and take two minutes... McDonald's? Uh, right now... <laughs> Right now, Twine is offering you $15 to help you save for your goals. Just go to twine.com slash Eric. When you open your first goal, Twine will add $15 to your account. That's $15. Can Go to twine.com slash Eric. That's E-R-I-K. Start saving now with twine.com slash Eric, everybody all right precision pro everybody a lot of you slip into the dms over there and you ask me what the best rangefinder is the answer is it's the precision pro now i used to say it was the nx7 but not anymore precision pro golf is the makers of award-winning golf rangefinders literally award winning folks do not get the words twisted okay uh they save golfers strokes on the course and save dollars in the wallets Because the truth is, the dollars should stay in the wallets. Well, I I guess they're supposed to leave the wallet. But the point is, you want them to leave as slowly as possible. So the point is, Precision Pro is excited to announce the all-new NX9. We didn't even mess with the NX8. We went straight to the 9. NX9 HD rangefinder. Skipped the 8. Straight over to the 9. I went from par to eagle. Like that, okay? Anyway, it's their most advanced rangefinder ever. With a wider and brighter display. I love things that are wider and brighter. It's an iPhone screen, whatever you want to call it, projector, I don't know, fairways, just give me something that's wider and brighter. It delivers incredibly fast measurements. I can say from personal experience, that is true. There's also a built-in magnet Oh, I love magnets, too, uh, that allows golfers to securely attach the NX-9 to the cart or even an iron so that the rangefinder is always within reach for every single swing. You can pick up the all-new NX-9 HD rangefinder for $20 off. All you got to do is use the promo code ERIC, that's E-R-I-K, on the website PrecisionProGolf.com. The NX-9 HD comes with a lifetime battery replacement. Whoa! I need lifetime battery replacement. How is annoying is it when you show up and your rangefinder's dead? Well, this one never dies, okay? It's like Liam Neeson in this bitch. So I didn't mean to curse. But anyway. <laughs> the NX9 comes with a HD lifetime battery replacement services and a wow, I messed that up. I'm gonna start over. <laughs> the NX9 HD comes with a lifetime battery services replacement, battery replacement services, and a two-year warranty. Two years. You're not even going to live that long. This rangefinder is going to outlive you on all scales. Anyway, it's the NX9, and it's all part of the industry-leading customer service that Precision Pro Golf delivers to every customer. I have never heard a bad word about Precision Pro since I've been recommending it personally. So you heard it here first, folks. Get your $20 off the NX9 HD or any Precision Pro uh, rangefinder that's great. Coupon code ERIC, E-R-I-K, at PrecisionProGolf.com. Last words, y'all. Swing with confidence. Hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. All right. One more read, folks. Adidas. Over 5 million pieces of plastic are floating in our oceans, which over time get broken down, making it easy for sea life to ingest, ultimately affecting our own food chain. So it is your problem. It's not just a world problem. It's you. It affects you. Adidas is working with Parley to prevent plastic entering our oceans and transforming into high-performance sportswear. Mm -mm. Shoes is coming soon. Just hold on. Hold your hats, folks. I'm not even done with the ad. Stop trying to figure out what I'm going to say. Adidas is spinning the problem into what? A solution. The thread into a thread. I don't know what that means. It's written here. It says the thread into a thread. I don't know who wrote this. Adidas Golf is bringing eco-innovation to the golf course in a, the form of a special edition shoe. All right, this is legit, actually. This is the first time the Parlay shoe has been uh, a golf shoe. I've had it in the um, form of a running shoe. I mean, look, it's a, it's a sick shoe that serves a purpose, okay? That's where you get it. Um, the Tor 360 XT Parlay, the first ever golf shoe. Oh, looks they already wrote it for me. The first ever golf shoe made from, pla- uh, recycled. Oh no, it's not called recycled. It's called upcycled. I don't know what that is. I feel like I should probably Google that upcycled plastic waste that was intercepted like Jason Bourne from the beaches and coastal communities before reaching the ocean. Dang. I didn't realize this is Jason Bourne's golf shoe. Intercepted. I mean, the, I'm a the golf guy, but I also love football. Who doesn't love a classic interception, especially when it's Jason Bourne saving planet Earth? Entire upper of the shoe is made with threads spun. It's also a DJ. Amazing. From the upcycled plastic waste. My phone's ringing. It's Andrew Marlar. Hang on. All right, well, that was a 20-minute phone call, but you have no idea. It just went by like that. Um, Anyway, the Tor 360 XT Parlay, the first ever golf shoe made from upcycled plastic. I already read this because it's got the intercepted line. Intercepted from beaches and coastal communities in a world before reaching the ocean. The entire upper of the shoe is made from thread spun from upcycled plastic waste. Built, is, built as the Tor 360 XT, you still get great traction and stability. I feel like, what's that line from Taken? I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> they will take you. Available starting June 10th at adidas.com. And for those headed to the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, a select number of pairs will be sold on site. Get into it, folks. All right, back to the show. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason. And we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy. And we have a podcast called Dumb People Town, where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Over the break, I figured out my question. To win... A Royal County Down shirt. You ready for it? What is uh, the—so there are 66 Royal courses all over the world. Most of them are in the U.K. What is the farthest away from St. Andrews? What golf course has Royal Distinction that is the farthest away from St. Andrews? That's the question. So go over to my Instagram post. There's a little video where I'm going to show you this shirt. You'll see it there. If it's not up by the time you watch this, by the time you hear this, if it's not up, just stand by. It'll be there soon. Um, what is the Royal course that is the furthest away from St. Andrews, Scotland? Um, yeah, what else should we talk about? Uh, I mean, um, Mirfield, not a Royal course. Interesting. Um, had the chance to play Mirrorfield. And, and the funny experience so we went, we were in Ireland, and then, um, you know, we basically, uh, the first part of Ireland, we focused on, you know, playing in the Open Links Invitational with uh, the wonderful Paul Sutcliffe, set it up with the RNA, and then headed over to Scotland to make a film for the RNA. Um, so wonderfully, they became a client of ours, and we, we produced a film about the history of the Open. So we filmed in St. Andrews, we filmed in uh, Prestwick. Uh, we went over to Troon and, and went to Portrush and, and really covered, you know, the historic shots that make up the open. What, what makes the open so incredible is kind of the question we were trying to answer. And, um, you know, that film will come out in, uh, in due time. It's going to take a while to edit because we, cause we um, you know, it's not a vlog. It's, it's more of a highly produced video, similar to the, what we did for the USGA, but obviously different because it's not in the U.S., Um, but, uh, so we went to Scotland and worked on that, got a chance to play the old course again, which was great. It was, um, the first round Alexander and I played together in Scotland, which is a really great place to start. We played with uh, a wonderful, uh, guy from the pro shop at the Jubilee, uh, proud to shout out to Pfeiffer um, that was great. We, uh, he, he, uh, he hit us up and said, let's play. And we were like, you know, Friday could work. He said great. I got Friday. So we teed off at, I think like six o'clock or something came in at 10, you know, and just just St. Andrews is such a magical, magical, magical place. If you've only got one pop, get over to St. Andrews and just play there and just find some other golf around that don't, you don't have to play. You can just walk around. They got the Himalayas. They got this, uh, you know, just a wonderful setup for golf. Um, you can find an Airbnb pretty cheap and just sort of crash out, take a bus or a boat, whatever you got to do. Make sure you get there. Go to, go to old Tom's grave for sure. I talked a lot about in the film about Alan Robertson, who basically is the man who originated the Open Championship, maybe more so than old Tom because Alan Robertson's death, he was considered the best golfer. And so when he died, they needed to decipher who the best golfer is now. And that ultimately became the Open Championship. It started off with eight players playing three rounds of 12 holes in one day. They played, I think, uh, two rounds, had lunch, and played another round. And it was just a one day banger. Um, but anyway, so we, we traveled through Scotland and then we went over into the Isles of Scotland. We went down into uh, the uh, Isle of Arran, Isle of Arran, uh, we went to the Moloch and Tyre went to Macrahanish, and went to the Isle of, um, uh, called Isla, which is spelled I-S-L-A-Y. Played a lot of great courses down there and did a lot of filming, so that'll be another little series that we'll put out, probably in the late fall. We, we're just sort of backed up with videos. We've got Japan coming out pretty soon, I think this Friday, and then after that, we're going to start dropping New Zealand, and then Adventures in Golf comes out, hopefully, and then, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a... Just a wonderful menu of content coming at you on YouTube. Um, but uh, ran through Scotland and then finished up Scotland. And me and the crew, David and Stuart, uh, went over to Norway. Alexander went to Lahinch for the Irish Open, which looked like a blast. But uh, we were up in Norway inside the Arctic Circle filming at You know, I'll save most of that story for when Adventures in Golf comes out. But uh, that was an incredible experience of no darkness you're so deep inside the uh, 33rd degree north or something that there's just no sunset which is actually pretty jarring the first time we did it in Iceland it was magical but this time it was it was a bit insane it was a bit too intense for me uh, and then went down to France and looked at some stuff down there played uh, a little course called uh, Dunkirk um, and uh, it's a pretty interesting layout that's that's kind of unusual. Finally got a chance to hook up with the architect himself, uh, Robert Berthe, and, um, you know, got a really insightful conversation with him on, you know, what, what goes into interesting design for architecture. And um, wonderful episode as well. So two episodes of Adventures in Golf in the Can as we speak. And then flew back up to Scotland uh, to take part in the Scottish Open. And... Um, That was a great time. Played in the uh, pro-am with Brendan Stone. Didn't I I should have done more filming there, to be honest with you, but I was just so tired that I just wanted to lay low. Got a chance to play Kill Spindy with Tom Doak and uh, Malcolm Duck, and Stuart was out there. And so Stuart got to meet the man who designed Cape Kidnappers, where Stuart had his hole-in-one. That'll be coming out probably in October or something, or September. I'm not really sure, Um, but that episode is going to be lit. Um, it's so cool to see Stuart be the subject of kind of, I think, two of my favorite vlogs that we've ever done. Uh, Cape Kidnappers is a beast. It's a breathtaking layout. It was just fantastic. So it was cool to meet Tom finally and talk about an adventures in golf episode that we're planning on doing at, uh, Forest Dunes up at the Loop. So, um, we're gonna head up there in early August, but, uh, that was great to powwow with him and, you know, just spend a little bit of time off. So played in the Scottish Open Pro-Am on that little Wednesday there and had a great time. Uh, and um, it was a beautiful sunny day. I hit some great shots. I was a little bit sideways on my swing, but, you know, it's just all the travel and stuff. And then Thursday I woke up and got to play Muirfield, which, which was really what I want to talk about for a second. Because, you know, I—you know— the first thing I heard about Meirfield kind of was right around the time of the Open, I think, in 2015 when there was all the drama about the women's members. And certainly it's a relevant argument. Um, but what happens with perception is, is you sort of perceive things not as they are. And, you know, I think a lot of people – I'm probably speaking out of turn – but I think a lot of people kind of come into Mirfield and, and, you know, if you're if you're a person who wants women to have the same rights as men in golf, you would probably go in there and sort of have a thought about it, right? Um, but ultimately they're just they're just gents. They're just old guys that are all very nice as far as I know and all very interested in moving into um, you know, the twenty first century of golf and kind of moving out of this separation. Um so it was interesting to see that vanish as soon as I got there and everyone was just super nice and and Muirfield shares the same thing as Royal County Down in the sense that it's not it it doesn't uh it's not it's not exploiting anything I mean strangely enough you play Muirfield and you you it's this literally this large field and the the holes have a wonderful routing it's just a fascinating routing of crisscrossing overlapping um, the, the holes are, it's, it's very hard to figure out what hole is the next hole from, from the green. You don't really know where to go for the T. Um, and actually what's interesting is from green, there's all these crazy pathways amongst the heather and you're wondering where all these pathways go and it's for alternate shot, you know? So this is a two ball club, which means that foursomes play. So foursome is four people playing two balls. So you're basically, you have a partner that basically waits in the fairway while you hit. They play in like two and a half hours. We didn't get to play foursomes because we went on a Thursday, which is a four ball day. But I can't wait to go back and play properly. Uh, but but you basically spend more time in foursomes hanging out with your opponent than your partner because your partner's waiting in the fairway and then you hit the tee shot and then you walk up and then you hit the they hit the approach and then you putt. You know, and vice versa, and you trade off on each hole of who hits the tee shot. But So there's all these pathways that take you directly from the green to the fairway as opposed to the tee box. Um, But, yeah, Muirfield was incredible. We had lunch over there. Um, After the round, it was this massive lunch where you just sort of – it's kind of like a high-end cafeteria where you sit down, you go up, and you get all the food you want. You come back, you sit down, you get up. Your waiter takes your dirty plate. You get a new plate. The dessert was incredible. The coffee was great. Everyone was really sweet, so that that was a really great experience as well. Was to kind of dig in and look at this, and I mean, Muirfield has an incredible Open Championship history. I mean, you've got Phil, you've got Jack, you've got um, you know uh, Harry Colt or Henry Colt, I, I can't remember actually, um, you know, but just but just so many great Open champions have won there, and it's just it's just an interesting layout. And the great thing about mirfield that I think America has yet to adopt is obviously very esteemed club steeped in the history of the game private very hard to become a member yet anyone can go play there on tuesday and thursday we were surrounded by groups from germany and japan you know without any reference to a member they're just there unaccompanied i mean obviously it's quite a couple hundred pounds to get out there so quote anyone can play you need to have a lot of money to be able to go out there and play when you play with a member actually it's like 30 bucks or something so that's pretty ridiculous but even still it'd be great if the major venues in america were like forced to open their doors for the monday leading up and after the open the the tournament you know like that would be so cool because i mean again that's the one thing about golf that i feel like really makes it special is when you can go visit these places and and enjoy the experience for yourself you know beth page obviously has that chambers bay had that uh whistling straits um pebble beach obviously pebbles a little little prohibitive as far as needing to get a hotel room and you, it's, you know, it ends up being a $2,000 check by the time you're on the 18th green, but still it's, it is available. And, and, you know, I don't like that it's only available to some, but, um but, you know, I, I would like to see that change and, and open up, you know, and just, you know, make it more possible. I mean, the, the, so it was cool to see Muirfield kind of have that mentality. And basically the structure is, is that, the dues to be a member at Millfield are like a couple hundred pounds a year. And the the way that the club sustains its money is by guest play. So, you know, the problem is in America, it's the opposite. is that you pay, you know, 80 grand, 150 grand, you know, 50 grand to join a club and no one else can ever play there. So it's super private, it's super exclusive and it's super expensive for the members. So it's even more exclusive. Whereas at Mirfield, you're, the members there aren't, you know, titans of society. They're merely just people from around the village uh, obviously they have some international members but <clears throat> and that's the case with all the clubs over there Gullin, you know Royal Aberdeen all these clubs are just regular golfers from the community it's a golf course that serves the community that surrounds it and you know America has squarely fucked that up and you know pfft, I wish I could change it I mean I I could talk about it till I'm blue in the face but you know if you've got a high net worth, you don't give a shit what I'm saying. <laughs> you just want no one at your course. You don't want any extra divots. You don't want to wait. Yeah, that's the American mentality, unfortunately. You know, so you know, move to move to Scotland, move to Ireland. I'm considering it, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, you know that, that that's that's kind of the coolest takeaway over there. Um, and then scooted around uh, back over to Northern Ireland. That's and the second trip to Northern Ireland on the on the the heels of the on the on the toes of the Open there was when we got to play all the golf. So we played three great courses, made some vlogs. Those will come out probably after New Zealand. I don't even know, but um, that was a really good uh, a really good experience there to play some of the golf. around Northern Ireland. I was considering staying longer and playing. I really wanted to play Ardglass. But I was just too tired. I, I had to go home. I was scheduled to come home on Friday of the Open, but I came home Wednesday. I was just, I was just burning out. And and the truth is, for me, being at a tournament, while it is super fun, and and, and if you were at the tournament and you said hi, and we took a photo together, that was awesome. I really got to say thank you for that. You know that nothing inspires me more than meeting someone who cares about what it's all about, what what we do, which is obviously against the stream. Um, so that's always a very special experience for me. But, but aside from that, I mean, I was just tired from all the running around. And, you know, I basically blame Norway for not having a sunset that made it pretty hard. But, um, it was great. And Stuart was up there working for Golf Magazine, which was really cool. Um, you know, and, uh, I went to the tournament on, uh, Tuesday and, um, did a little thing for the RNA on their social media channel over at 16. And, um, you know, just just had a good time and then basically I went I came home on Tuesday after working and I went to the, to the hotel and I was like, I need to go home tomorrow. So luckily I called the airline. It was only like a couple hundred bucks to change it and I was like, I'm just gonna go home in the morning. Got on the flight and uh, you know, some twenty hours later I was at home, snowball. Snowball was around. Got got Snowball a haircut. Um Right, buddy? I don't think he likes getting his haircut. I mean, he should feel naked because he's got no hair. Um, But uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, so it was a wonderful trip. And now I'm back in L.A. for a week. And then the next one starts, folks. It doesn't stop. I'll be honest. I'm getting a little tired. I I I need a bit of a break. I need to hit the snooze button on the travel. The next one is going to be a diesel trip. I mean, it's actually going to be a bit nastier than the recent one. Go to France uh, to have a little time off, a little vacation over there in Evian. Take about five days off. Um, you know That'll be really nice to just do nothing for a while. I'm going to download some movies, hit the pool, basically just check out. So if you're wondering why I'm not around, it's because I'm not around. <laughs> it's because I'm just taking a day off. And, uh, and then fly back to New York for Morgan Hoffman's event in new jersey in advance of the northern trust so that'll be really great uh love morgan love uh love you know really his strength through his difficult journey that he's been on if you you don't know about morgan Hoffren, dial back in the podcast here we did an interview with morgan almost a year ago and it it could be up there with some of the most personal uh interviews that i've ever done Uh, we couldn't stop i think it went for an hour and a half and um Young, great PGA Tour player, great swing, struggling with serious illness in his life. Uh, you know, a neurological disorder is sort of cutting away at his muscles, and you know, continues to fight, continues to play, looking for a solution, devoting his life now to it. Um, and so, we're gonna we're gonna go to his event and support him, and then we're gonna shoot an Adventures in Golf in uh, in the Bronx up there at Van Cortland Park, which if my memory serves me correctly, is the first municipal golf course in America. I want to say 1890 or so. So we're going to dig into that and the current state of golf in the metropolitan uh, area of Manhattan. And then we zoom up to uh, Tom Doak's episode in Michigan. And then we're going to cruise down to Atlanta, play Eastlake, get a little Breaking 90 vlog. I think this is the one. I'm telling you, I think I can do it. Come in with an 88, easy, right? I mean, just give me 16 bogeys. Give me 18 bogeys and two birds. You know what I mean? Like, I'm walking. I'm singing. I feel like we got it. It's all about the green speeds. It's all about the tee shots, really. It's just getting that ball in play. But I will say this weekend I went over to Wilshire. Uh, You know, last four holes I was one under over there. Uh, three birdies on the day, just sinking putts from everywhere. Obviously, having a caddy that knows the reeds is the biggest thing because I would have not made any of those birdie putts if it hadn't been for Scotty. What up, Scotty? Thank you, my man. So we're going to go down there to East Lake and try to crush. And then we get on the big flight, the old 16-hour long haul. I think it's going to be an A330, folks, little Airbus, little twin engine. Can you believe two little engines can get you across the Atlantic Ocean? Down to Johannesburg. I'm uh, Probably going to fly out of JFK. We're going to take a little short flight up to JFK. Because you know we only fly Star Alliance. I don't mess with that one world. I don't mess with that. Uh, I don't even know what the other one is. Star Alliance, one world, and what's the other one? What's the other alliance? That should have been the trivia question. Um, and uh, did you get your answer yet? Do you know what Royal Course is the farthest from St. Andrews? It's easy. Think about it. It's easy. Oh, and... Second part of the question is have I played it. Ooh, good one. That's a tough one actually. You could find it out. Um and uh what else? Yeah, and then uh, as we fly into Johannesburg, I'm going to try to leave these episodes a little bit vague, but we're going to uh we're going to film do a little safari golf in uh down in South Africa. South Africa. And then we're going to head over to Mauritius. Obviously, you know where we're playing over there. Then we're gonna go up to Cairo. I've been looking forward to going to Egypt for a long time. Hopefully, we don't get kidnapped. Sorry if you're Egyptian that offends you. Uh, you know, again, just fear factor. Just I'm just a fear factory, afraid of bogeys, folks. And uh, and then, <laughs> and, then uh, and then head over to Morocco for a little bit. So, Africa is a continent. Uh, That I've wanted to go for so long that I'll finally get to visit. Um, And we're going to visit four countries within this wonderful continent. And uh, I think then my country list will be up to like 70 or something. Um, Which will be pretty amazing. Then um, And uh, hopefully we get some time off at the end in Morocco. And then I think we come back to L.A. for like two days there at the end of August. uh, And then head up to Bandon and Pebble to do some videos for Golf Magazine. And then come home for a couple days, and then we go to Georgia to do some videos for TaylorMade with the uh, none other than the uh, a lot of the members of the top 10 players in the world. Jason Day, um, uh, old uh, Tiger Woods over there, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy. That'll be really fun. We're going to take part in that shoot over there in Georgia. And then, then I think we get some time off. Oh, no. Then we go to Portland for the Jones uh, Tournament. And then I think we get some time off. And then, uh, yeah, head into uh, October. Adventures in Golf will be out. Guys, I am future tripping over here. I'm going to shut up, guys. Have a great week. Hope to bring another check-in to you next weekend. Uh, Really appreciate your patience with the one pod a week. That was a valuable switch for me. Um, I hope that it's brought you uh, some good quality. I I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. I really appreciate your support all around the board. If you want to get some merch, uh, you know, head over to ericanderslang.com. We sell a lot of great little things over there. The Random Golf Club hat is obviously the go-to item. we got some pocket tees, and hopefully in the fall, we're going to come out with some golf shirts and some hoodies. Random Golf Club all the way, everybody. Uh, again, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for supporting our partners that we work with, uh, Vice, Adidas, TaylorMade, Precision Pro, and uh, Jones Golf Banks. So, you know really appreciate everything all the time everywhere enjoy your round wherever it may be and remember rule 17b please observe it laugh at the bad ones and always always roll on ace camp have a good one